everyone. Good afternoon and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. My name is Michael Barth and this is Owner Stories. Owner Stories day to day and Owner Stories, if you haven't been here before, Owner Stories is the episode where I chat to other Porsche owners around the world. We chat about their journey, we chat about their, their Porsche story, we chat about how they got the cars in their garage that they, that they have today. We talk about the regrets along the way. We talk about favorite drives, we talk about mods. All those things are covered in owner stories, uh, and this is number 71. So very, very shortly, I'm going to be joined uh, by David. Uh, David is in Sydney. Uh, we do these by Zoom. I do these uh, owner stories by Zoom, but David is in Sydney, Australia, where I am at the moment. So we're going to get David uh, very, very shortly and start chatting. Um, if you want to be on these owner stories, I do say this. Uh, if you do want to be the owner stories and you have reached out to me and I haven't got back to you or I've forgotten about you, please just reach out to me again through DM on Instagram. Sometimes I, I lose track. Uh, I do write down most names, but sometimes I do lose track. Um, if you haven't contacted me before, please still contact me. I mean, there's a little bit of a wait, um, but I am still doing uh, the recordings for Owner Stories. Anyway, enough of that. Let me get David through Zoom and let's start talking about his Porsche Gould Owner Story. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner Stories and welcome back to number 71 of the Owner Stories series, actually. Um, it's getting... We're getting very, very. Uh, we're doing a lot very, very quickly. It seems. I mean, it's been going for a while, but we have uh, we have got through a lot. Um, that didn't make any sense, but I'll keep going. Um, today, I want you to welcome uh, David to the podcast. David's coming in from Sydney, Australia. Uh, David's got a good story. He's got a really nice 911. I think it's his first 911. Hi, David, and welcome to Owner Stories. G'day, Michael. How are you going? I'm good, mate. I was just saying to David before we started recording. I think. David sent me a message, I think it was in 2019, wasn't it? About three years ago or something about you were on the search, on your quest for your, for your first 911 and you had, the one you had in mind is actually the one you have today, right? You were looking for a turbo, weren't you? I actually started off looking for a 997, um, maybe Carrera or 4S. Oh, okay. Um, and, and then, yeah, ended up with the turbo. With a 996 Turbo. We'll definitely get into that, and it's a good one as well. It's a beautiful one. Um, before we start there, though, Dave, before we jump forward, let's go back to the very beginning. Um, everyone has like a memory of Porsche, or most people have a memory of Porsche, or most people have a good have a car journey. When did it, when did you start first noticing Porsche or Porsche? When was it the first time you're sort of thinking, wow, that's something that I wouldn't mind having? Did you see many of them growing up uh, in your neighborhood or anything like that? I mean, for me, I didn't see hardly any, right? I mean, I lived in the country and I saw nothing uh, except Holdens and Fords. But um, how did it all start for you? And when did you start first noticing Porsches or 911s? It was, um, I'd say in the early 90s or very late 80s, early 90s, I remember getting a book for Christmas that mum and dad gave me like uh, world's most powerful cars or something along them lines um, was full of Ferraris and all that sort of thing. And the very last page was the Porsche 911 on the back. And I thought, wow, that's pretty special. Like that, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I never, it, it took a long time to see one. Like you just never seen them around where I lived at all. But, but yeah, always had the model cars and stuff like that for sure. So that book, you, do you still have that book? Yeah, I actually found it about two weeks ago and I just gave it to my daughter that would have been the same age roughly than when I got the book. So she's six years old and I right. would have been six or seven at the time. Oh, that's great. So what is the, what yeah, is the, Porsche, said, oh. what is the Porsche, David, in that book? What are, which one is it? 
Um, that is a bronze 930 uh, Carrera, I think that is. Um, to be honest, I, I've probably never read it and just only, <laughs> Sounds like only a looked turbo, at the pictures. Is it, so. is it a nine, yeah, 930 Turbo yeah. it, in that classic colour, in that it, classic it could well classic, be. Yeah, in the classic brown. So, yeah, in that bronzy, browny colour. And I... Um, a neighbour that lived a few doors down used to have a Volkswagen Beetle in their backyard, and I remember sitting in it as a kid and, like, pretend to drive it with my mate. Um, and I remember when I got that book, I was like, man, that looks a bit like that Volkswagen, like that yeah. Beetle that we used to play in. Um, and then later on I remember seeing one down at my old man's workshop, like he was a panel beater. Right. And there was a um, – I think it was a 9.30 down there. I re- just remember Porsche written across the back and then the um, two rubber bumper thingies like either side of the number plate. And he also had a, like a kit car down right. there at the time. Um, you know, I think they used to call them a Piera or something like that, They were like a Porsche mock-up. Right. Um, and when I, when I seen that 9.30, I remember saying to Dad like, is this a real one? Is this the real one or is this a mock-up sort of thing? And he's like, nah, mate, that's that's the real one. Yeah. And I so thought, your dad, wow. yeah, that was mad. So that was pretty cool. So your dad did work on Porsches, did he, in his shop? He had a few come through? Uh, it only would have been a few at that, like maybe two or two or three, I guess. Um, yeah, I just used to go down there in school holidays and get in the way, I suppose. <laughs> so that's um, where you're – that's yeah. how you're – that's where you sort of started thinking. I mean, I guess that's where you've ended up today when we start talking about that with your detailing business, with your, with that business. It's kind of all follows through though, doesn't it? If your dad worked in the automotive industry, he's a panel beater, you know, you've got cars around you. Yeah. That's sort of what spurred it on, was it? Yeah, I'd say so. Just kind of fell into it. Yep. All right. So what about, what about other cars, David? What about other cars? What about other cars along the way? I mean, you're growing up, you get your license in Australia, you get your license and you want to drive something. Was there anything anything memorable or anything that you you sort of think back at today and think, man, I wish I still had that car? Um, not really, because they, <laughs> they were pretty much all shit boxes, mate. So yeah, that, don't really miss any of them. But I actually rewind a bit from the from the time that I actually first seen a Porsche on the road. After that one down at the workshop, right. um, was in. That was in um, the mid-90s and I was riding my push bike to school along the Hume Highway there and I've I've actually still got the same bike Um, and I passed the Shell service station and there was a black 930 Turbo at the Bowser filling up. It was on pump one. I still remember what pump it was. Um, And this dude looked young, man, like in his early 20s and – I actually rode my bike into the server and I was like, man, man, that's a mad car, like cool car. And I just said, oh, like, what do you do for a living? And he said, <laughs> oh, I race road bikes. And I thought, oh, fair enough. Yeah, so, and he was actually a um, pretty famous Australian superbike rider. Oh, okay. Um, did, I, I found out later on, but I remember when he left, I said, mate, get into it, like give it a bootful. And, mate, you didn't have to tell this bloke twice. He was into this thing and I remember – leaving the servo and all the the road grime and leaves and that just blowing up at the out the back of it you know flicking up from the tires and 
I was just like, holy wow, cow, that man. Been, that would have been a sight to see as a kid because you're not seeing many, are you? You know what I mean? And a 930 Turbo as well. Sorry, it would have been a 993, sorry. It oh, was um, in, the, in the mid-90s. Yeah, and this thing was brand new, mate. Like, wow. And the guy actually ended up writing it off because he, he, he was a bit of a – he was known as a, the um, wild child of Australian superbikes. Oh, right. a bit loose, this fella. What's his name? Um, so he ended up uh, – I, I don't like to say names and okay. bits and pieces, you know what I mean, on, yeah, yeah. on, on the thing, but he was a wild child of Australian superbikes. So anyone okay. that knows. Anyone can look it up. That knows who it is. Yeah. So that was that was the second, that was the, so you had the book. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say he ended up just getting a, another brand new one. It was, it was nothing. Yeah, we'll have another one of them. And he ended up smashing that one up too, but it was repaired wow. and sold and I happened to be Googling it and there was um, a, a result come up there on, on one of the Porsche pages recently and someone actually mentioned, hey, I think I might have this certain guy's um, old Porsche. And I thought, well, yeah, if it's the one I'm thinking of, man, it might have had a bit of a hit there. But, yeah, the, the first one was toast. Really, the first uh, one's toast, and the second one, the second one, the second one would have up. been the second one was repaired, was it? So someone you felt you came across someone that owns it now. Yeah, just on, on Google search results, there it popped up the other day. Wow! And someone has mentioned, and I think I might own someone's old Porsche. So, but um, yeah, this is a, this is the thing you never know. You never know what you've got, do you? You never know what the history is on a lot of these, a lot of the old air cools. You know, anyway. anything. <laughs> Anything, anything could have happened. Yeah, for sure. sure. All right, so you, you you know you get the book, you see a couple of you see a couple of them around. You see this black nine nine three turbo, this nine nine three. You know it sticks in your mind, um, and then you start working. Right, you said you've had there's been not really any memorable sort of cars. There's been nothing that exciting, um, nothing at all. Uh, look, you know my very first car was my dad's old work that he used to drive to work. Um, we re-sprayed it um, and cleaned it all up and put my sign writing and everything on it. And then I went out working in that because, like, I left school at 16. So I started my business before I could even drive, Michael. Um, oh, really? So I was okay. kind of working for, yeah, I was working for a car yard up the, work, up the road from my dad's workshop and then kind of waiting on the ute to get painted and things like that and, so, yeah, I was able to kind of go around mobile then and um, service other car yards and things like that. So tell the listeners what your business is. Let, just, let's just get into that because I want to ask you a question about that. So just tell the listeners what business you have in, in, in Sydney. Yes, um, mobile detailing. Um, I do cars and trucks and all sorts of things, yeah, here, there and everywhere. Yeah. So you, you left school at 16, David. That's pretty impressive. So, so you left school at 16. You don't have a licence. You get the work truck, and then you just go out and you just you just start trying to get business, start to detailing cars. This is how many years ago? Twenty odd years ago? It just cut out a second there, Michael. So when you started, when you left school at sixteen, and you started the detailing business, was that about twenty years ago? Over twenty years ago? Yeah, that would have been ninety nine, two thousand, I guess. So I remember, like, I done my HSC in year ten. And I remember getting results and I fed him because I got the results. I ripped the thing straight, clean in half yep. and threw it in the bin. Said, I don't need that anyway. I'm working for myself. So, and yeah, I'm not doing it. 
other two years, man, I'm out of here. So, so. before we get into your Porsche, so w- when you started the business, so because I'm interested with this because the detailing thing is really big now, right? There seems to be a lot of detailers in Sydney. Everyone's, you know, paint correction, ceramic coating, you know, mobile or, or fixed or, you know, and, and everyone wants to do, even, you know, listeners, a lot of listeners, everyone's starting to detail their car. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to learn to detail, to paint correct, to, to ceramic coat. But 20 years ago, there mustn't have yeah. been that many, there mustn't have been that many mobile detailers, right? You must have been almost like at, at, at the top of it. Uh, there was a few around, but it was a completely different game to what it is now. Like um, a lot of people do the paint correction and ceramic coatings now, which wasn't really a big thing back then. Like the all the technologies changed, the tools and all the equipment you use. Um, and it was kind of about how many you could get done a day and you used to work on turnover all right. more rather than getting a special car and spending all day just buffing it up sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's more about washing and, um, and, and quantity really. Back then it kind of was, yeah. Like, yeah, you'd, you'd kind of get in and get them buffed up and polished up and move to the next job. And I guess it was a level of cars I was doing then too, you know. It was a lot of car yard work and kind of lower lower end cars, I guess. So it's just it's a, a bit of a different game to what it is today, I guess. Okay, so you've got the detailing yeah. business. You would come across in the detailing business. You're obviously washing some good cars, right? Eventually you get into like detailing some nicer cars, some European cars, sports cars, etc. Is that when you start? So yeah. when do you so when do you start thinking then? And I know it's only happened later in life for you, the same as it did with me. So when do you start thinking you want a 911? The time is right and I want to get a Porsche or a 911. When does that when does that start happening? Do you plan ahead and start putting the money aside or you just decide one day I can I'm going to start searching now? Something that I didn't think of for a very long time, you know, maybe until like 2018 sort of thing. Um, like in 2002, I used to detail for one car yard and the owner of the yard had a brand new 996 Carrera. Okay. And another fella that worked for him there had a 964. Um, so, yeah, I thought back then like, wow, these are pretty cool. And I remember kind of comparing the two as I was cleaning them and they were chalk and cheese. Um but yeah, maybe you know my my main thing. Like I was never really right into cars. Like I had a 180SX Turbo, an XR6 Turbo, but okay. they were all kind of like five, six, seven, eight grand cars. And I'd just buy them, clean them up, drive them for a bit, and flip them before they ran out of rego. Maybe make fifteen hundred dollars, something like that. You know what I mean? But I was yeah. more into road bikes. Okay. Um, yeah, I probably had like 13 sports bikes, R1s, GSX-Rs, Kawasaki's and all that sort of thing. But again, around the same prices, you know, five, six, seven grand that I used to spend because, yeah, I thought it was probably better to save for a house or something, you know, before I got too wild in the cars. I'd never seen the point of buying a brand new depreciating asset. Yeah, true, so, true. So you're into riding, you're into bikes. I saw that on your Instagram, actually. You still have a few, right? You've got, I saw them in your, in your, your big garage. It looks like you've got a huge garage, actually, if that's your garage that's on your uh, Instagram. Yeah, we built a bit of a shed out the back there, yeah. Just a, <laughs> a bit of a shed? It's yeah. more than a shed, David. I wish I had a shed like that. I can got tell it. you now. It's like everyone's dream, you know what I mean? To have, to have something. You've got, you've got, got somewhere to start the lawnmower. 
Yeah, exactly. I'll just tell the listeners why we're saying actually so they can look at your Instagram. So if you go to David's Instagram, um, it's at roof996turbo, roof996turbo or rough996turbo on Instagram. Have a look and you'll see David's car when we're chatting and you'll see his, uh, his tiny shed as he calls it. So, all right. So you, you start searching. It's 2018, David, and you start searching. Um, the listeners know what you have because it's in the title, but I'll, I'll get you to tell everyone what it is shortly. Do you start searching for a 996 or do you start thinking, okay, I want that 993 like I saw at the, at the, at the petrol station? What do you start searching for? And what, what are the sort of things you're looking for in the cars? Does it have to be manual? You know, does it have to be a particular color? What do you start searching for? Yeah, I was looking for a 997, um, probably Carrera S. Um, I was after, I remember... Um, the grey or black um, in a manual. And then, yeah, I, I, I started looking, but I kind of probably read too much about the bore score and all that sort of thing. Um, and I thought I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be comfortable with knowing that, that it could have a problem like that. Um, so I decided that I'd go for the turbo. Um, which cost a bit more, but I just thought, oh, it's, yeah, I'd rather spend a bit more and have peace of mind that them couple of issues weren't going to pop up sort of thing and keep me awake at night. So in 2018, I'm trying to think back of prices in 2018. You don't have to, I'm, I don't want you to divulge any prices, but I'm just trying to think back. You're looking for a 997, and, you know, understandably, you know, 997 has IMS. I mean, I've got a 997.1, as you know. Um if you get yep. the 996 Turbo, for the listeners that don't know, uh, or the Turbo or the GT3, they've got the Metzger engine, so they don't have the those issues that are associated with the other 997.1s. So you're looking at a, quite a high... It, it, it's a big jump from a 997.1 Carrera to a, to a Turbo, whether it be a 997 Turbo or a 996 Turbo. So it's a pretty big decision. But is that decision based on the fact that you know that that it's a better engine and it's going to have more longevity, that it's going to last longer, it's going to be a better car overall? Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking because, like, a good 997, the, the prices were kind of up there anyway. So it was, it was a big jump, but I was just kind of like, well, I've, I've never spent, like, crazy money on a car before, you know. Like, I've only ever driven work vans and work utes and Falcons and Commodores and a couple of things, you know. So, um like I was like, oh, well, if we're going to go in, let's go in hard, go balls to the wall, and yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll grab the turbo. So when you're buying this, when you're buying this, your first Porsche, are you thinking it's this is a car that I'm going to keep for a long time? Does that factor into the to the price sort of thing, like spending a bit more money because you know you're going to hang on to it, or you're looking at something that you think might actually like retain its value? Yeah, I didn't know how long I was going to keep it for. You know, I didn't know if it's something that I'd had just a couple of years and then kind of move on or um yeah keep for a long time i really wasn't sure but yeah, yeah i um yeah i didn't really have plan to keep it for a long time or a short time yeah just the years go by that quick anyway like you could own a car <laughs> for five years by the time you blink you know what yeah. i mean then it's 10 years yeah true true so you're looking right you know the listeners know i've spoken about this on other episodes in the podcast there's not many 996 turbos or 997 turbos around in today's market, right? They're there, but they're expensive. How was it back in, in 2019 when you yeah. started looking? 
Were there many on offer? How did you find the car that you have today? Yeah, there was probably there was probably um, there might have been half a dozen or a bit more. But then by the time you weed out the ones that are ridiculously high um, in in price, the ones that are ridiculously low in price because they're a shit box or whatever, then minus the automatic ones, you've probably only left with three to choose from. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. There was one in there was a black one in Queensland um, that I was interested in, um, and then about right at about that time that that popped up, um, a property popped up in the state that I was kind of keeping an eye out for. Right. So I jumped on that instead. So I probably had to yeah, probably put the plans off for a few months until I built my kitty back up to. To um, to to start looking again for a turbo, but one did pop up on the central coast that was dirt cheap, and okay. I was like, oh, I can actually swing that um, at this time. So I went and had a look at that, and yeah, man, it um, it was cheap for a reason, you know, Michael. And I, yeah. I went into it thinking that, yeah. and like the brakes were, the brakes were rooted on this thing, like the calipers were rooted. Um, and he mentioned something about the second gear. Oh, okay. Was it popping out or just like it was second gear was notchy? There was something wrong with second gear. I can't remember now off the top of my head. But um, I didn't even drive it. So I think it might have had paintwork on the side, on the right-hand side. Right. So I just remember looking in the door jam and that. And I'm, I'm thinking, I think this thing is being painted on, on this quarter and – Man, that's the first thing I look at, like, because you can, yeah, so what, you can buy something with a dodgy gearbox or whatever and you can fix it, but you buy something with dodgy paint, mate, once it's not original, it's not original. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want anything to do with paintwork, unless it's a bumper bar or whatever, but, yeah, yeah. it's got to be original paint. So was that, so you looked at that one so is this when you when you found yours that you have now? Like you, you looked at this black one on the Central Coast. It was a bit dodgy. Was there any other ones that you went to look at before you found the one you've got today? Oh, there was the black one in Queensland, yep. but then like other priorities popped up. Yep. Then there was the silver one on the Central Coast. Um, I inquired a, 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 about a few um, online and whatnot, and then my one ended up, popping up, you know, just as I was kind of thinking, man, this thing's never going to come along. They're all in Western Australia or Queensland or the other side of the world. Um, and I stopped looking for maybe three days, you know, which felt like three weeks because, yeah, you know, yeah. when you're always just refreshing yeah. the page every night. <laughs> thinking it's just going to appear, um, yeah. But was that a – Then I seen a, mine pop up. Yeah. Was that a deciding factor though, David? Yeah. Was it was it a deciding factor for you that it had to be reasonably close to where you are in Sydney, so you could, or in New South Wales, so you could go and check it out yourself? Like a car in Western Australia was like not mm. something you would consider. Yeah, nah, nah, because like there's not. I I want to see it. Like I wouldn't trust someone else to to look at it. Um, I'd want to see it for myself, and yeah, I wouldn't want to fly to Western Australia. And, and all that carry on, yeah. <laughs> just so the yeah, just so the overseas listeners know, that's like a five and a half hour flight from Sydney or something like that. So it's not it's not close. Um, okay, so how do you find your car? Where does it, where does your your car, your first nine eleven? Where does it appear? And, and and tell the listeners what it was and and 
the options that came with it? Yeah, so it, it popped up online um, and I was like, man, this thing, this is, a, this, this is a good car. But the ad kind of let it down a bit. Like it had poor photos and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I, went, I went down and had a look at that. It was in Albury, I think okay. it was. Yeah. So it was like only a couple of hours, a few hours, however long it took me to get there. That, that wasn't too bad. Um, but, yeah, it's a Meridian Metallic um, 2001 996 Turbo with a Metropole Blue interior. Um, with the roof wheels and roof wing. So that's what it came with. Um, and I just want to say to the listeners, if you don't know what Meridian Metallic is, go and look at David's Instagram now while, you, while you're listening to this uh, at Roof996 Turbo. Have a look at it because Meridian is one of those really special colors, isn't it, David? You know what I mean? Like you would have come across different colors of cars when, you, when you're detailing them. But Meridian is one of those, it's almost got like a... It's hard to explain, isn't it? It's almost got like a rose, almost a rose tint. It's almost like a um, air-cooled color. In, not a rose tint, but it's got that sort of reddy sort of tinge through the silver, right? Would you call it like a champagne kind of yeah, silver? Because yeah. I was trying to think about this, you know, like my car's Arctic silver, right, which is just the boring Arctic silver, which is probably more black in the base color, you know. And then GT silver, which everyone chases after, is like got brown. And then polar silver is a bit blue, you know, the main sort of silvers. And yours is meridian, which is, it is a silver, right? It just has different colored mm. undertones. It's a really unique, really rare color too. I don't think there's many around, is there? No, I've only ever seen, I've only ever seen one for sale. There was an automatic one I've seen for sale um, on car sales, but I've never, never seen another one like since then, like in Australia that is. Um but it was actually in the photo was parked next to a Arctic Silver Boxster. Okay. Um, I think it's, it's Arctic Silver. I think in the Boxster. Hey. Yeah. Um, when like on the on the photos when it was on car sales, and it said in the ad like Arctic Silver over black, and I was like, man, that doesn't look Arctic Silver. And I could see the Boxster in the background. I'm like, no, nah, no way. So there was a few things that were like what like I said, it wasn't a real good ad, and it had not real great photos and things like that. Um, but, yeah, when I dug into it, I was like, yeah, this is, this is a bit of a find here. So I was about to say, that's, that, they are the finds, aren't they? Yeah, sorry, David, they are the finds. And I've had a few other people, other owners talked about mm. that, where the ad's been a little bit not so great. And then they've gone to see the car and it's like, wow, this, this is the car. This is, a, this is a great example. So what was the, who was the, own, the owner that was selling it? Did he, had he owned that car for a long time? Was there any reason why the ad wasn't that great and the color wasn't the right description or anything? Um, you know what? He had it for, I think I've got it all written down in, me, um, in my folder, but right. he had it for a good few years, but it done no kilometers, Michael. Hey, he didn't put many kilometers on it at all. And, um, yeah, he had put, uh, he just had like seven or eight grand worth of work done to it in the previous year, um, new, new clutch, flywheel, this, that, and the other. But, yeah, it, it came with a, a box, like a shoe box, full of good documentation and info and receipts, mate, like okay. more than you could imagine. So I, I don't know, like he, he was armed with everything there, but I'm not sure. Yeah, why he didn't. What was the mileage, know. David? Sorry, what was the kilometres of, of the car? How much miles did it have? 
I got that. It had 103,000 Ks on it, 103. Okay, for a 2001. That's been driven. Hasn't been overdriven, but it's been enjoyed. So yeah. It, so it has the rough, it had the roof wheels on it and it had the roof wing, right, when you bought it. Yeah, that's right. And I was just looking here now. Yeah, he, he bought it in 2014 and then I bought it in August 2019. Okay. So he owned and it for five years. And he bought it with – just under 5,000 Ks on it. Wow, nothing. Yeah, um, and all this info, like that he had all these receipts and bits and pieces in this shoebox, like I've taken all that out, sorted it all out and put it in a folder. So now I know everything. Like I can see all the previous the, the previous owners, the kilometres they had the car, just through fishing through the receipts and doing detective work. When they bought tyres and the kilometres going off the receipt and the date, then I puzzled it all together, you know, like CSI. Oh, that's cool. That's <laughs> cool. You got all the, that's cool. You got all the records. So when you went to look at the car, though, so you go down to Albury, you know, we jumped, we jumped forward a step, step, but you go and look at the car in Albury, and when you first see it, you start checking the paintwork. That's is that one of the first things you do? So you did all the checks yourself, or you got an actual PPI done? No, I, I, um, I had a look over it all myself because it was it. A decent price, and I could see it was a special car, um, and there was people fighting over it. So I kind of had to say, "Hey, listen, like I can be down there in a couple of days. Like finances are all sweet. I don't need a PPI if you've got good documentation and everything with the car, and you know, just um." tried to get on well with him and kind of let him know I was serious to kind of push yep. the other guys aside, if you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, and yeah, I, I thought if I check it all out and listen to it, like listen to the engine, take it for a run, like go up and down the gears and do all your checks, if it all comes sweet and nothing, there's no, I don't smell any rats sort of thing, um, then, yeah, I was I, I don't need a PPI, but had something that popped up like, oh, this doesn't seem right, this doesn't sound right. Like if anything had popped up, I would have sent it for a PPI, you know. But but before you handed over the money, you go down to Aubrey, you look at the car, you look through all the documentation, right? Yeah. So you're looking at all the records, you're making sure that certain things are done and the services are done. So when you when you decide to, to do the deal, yeah. you decide that I'm going to take this car, you tell the guy I'm going to take it, are you – how long before you get the car? Do you drive it back home? Do you truck it back home? How do you get it back? I'm guessing I you drive I it. There, um, <laughs> I was there with my car trailer, man. She was straight on the car trailer, straight on the back of the old Holden Statesman. Let's go back to really? Sydney, man, with, the, with our first 911. <laughs> so, <laughs> hang on, David. So not only do you have a little shed, you've also got a car trailer as well. You've got the, you've got the perfect setup. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah all good. <laughs> Yeah. So you get the car, you go down and pick it up, you do the deal, you've got your first Porsche, you put it on the back of your trailer. When you take it back, you get it back home. Do you do you then get it inspected or do you get services done? What what's the first thing you do? Do you take it for a drive? What 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 do you decide to do once you've got it home in that? I mean, you've got all the records, you know it's pretty solid, but do you still go and take it to a, a Porsche specialist or you take it to Porsche and get it once over? Yeah, definitely straight up to Porsche Centre, South Sydney, um, okay. not straight away, maybe after after a month, after I'd finished doing what I wanted to do with it, um, I took it up there and just said, hey, 
this is a story, here's all the paperwork, what's been done with it, it's been serviced at Port Centre Melbourne, everything, all the history suite there. Said so go over it, let us know if it needs anything and just do what you got to do. Yeah, I just bought it. So, yeah. So how did, how did that go? Yeah, how, did so that, they, how was that bill of health once they looked over to Porsche, Porsche Sydney? Yeah, all good. It was just um, uh, camp, strut tops, you know, the yeah. uh, and bump stops and the yeah. bearings, which is typical on anything like 996, 997. They all do the same. They all wear out, don't they? Yeah, so, I just had I just had mine done. Yeah, yeah. It was just making a bit of a noise there in the front end, and um, I thought I think that is. Um, strut tops that I can hear kind of creaking and I, I just said to them, hey, just check this out while, you, while you've got it. And they said, oh, as soon as we went over the speed hump in the car park, yeah, we could hear it. So, Okay, so you get it, you take it to Porsche Sydney and then you you get it back, you drive it. When's, what about the first the first time you drove it and, you've, and you felt like what you actually had? What was that feeling like? You know, you, you remember the, that 993 at the garage, you remember the book, and then you've got your own 911. You know, you've worked hard for the last 20 years. You know, you, you, you set up your own business and now you've got a 911. It must have been a great feeling. Um, it was the night I got it back, back Michael. Um, I remember, like, when, when I loaded it up and, and paid for it and everything and we got it on the trailer and, um, like, I was speaking with the guy for, for a bit, bit too long. I remember thinking, man, I want to get back. Like, I don't want to be driving in the dark on the human... <laughs> My way, and then Skippy the bush kangaroo jumps out in front of me, yeah, and exactly. takes out the front of the Holden, um, <laughs> and ends up with a pull. But um, yeah, I remember pulling in a servo on the way back, and uh, um, just just to fuel up the car and get a drink. And the guy like behind the counter goes mad, like he's is that yours, man? That's awesome. I was like, yeah, like I literally just got it. And then he tried to upsell me like some a couple of Mars bars or something. He had two for two bucks or whatever the deal was. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I got you there, Michael. Okay, yeah, sorry. Mate. Yep. Yeah, I've got you, mate. You completely dropped out after the Mars bars. Yeah, that I couldn't afford. Because <laughs> you just bought the 911. That was it. Is that what you said to Clean him? I said, I can't, I can't buy anything, mate. I've got no money left. It's on the back of the truck. It's on the back of the trailer. Yeah, he was like, yeah. Hey, Bit too, bit too late. <laughs> Asking on the way way down, it might have been all right. So, David, tell me, tell me about the other the other mods that were on your car because you, you know you said it had the roof wheels. It's got the roof wing, right? But there's a few other things that it has on your Instagram. You've got it listed. You know, tell the listeners about the other other mods. Did you add those? The springs and the and the tune were they added by you? Just tell the listeners what you have. What are the other things on your car? Yeah, so it's all pretty much. As I got it, like it's got the H&R springs, um, the wheels, the wing um, was tuned by the previous, previous owner. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't touched it like after that. I just cleaned it like mad and then, um, yeah, pa- painted the wheels and the bumper and, um, yeah, ha- haven't touched it a- again. So you had to paint the wheels because there was a bit of damage to them, a bit of curb damage, or you just changed the colour? Yeah, they were painted like a really bright, chromey kind of silver. It just looked wrong. Right. Like, um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a mission. Like I, I got them sandblasted and, and painted by, um, by a customer of mine that does pretty good work. 
and he'd done the bumper bar just because it was stone chipped, at, um, you know, and it was original paint on the bumper and it was stone chipped and I wasn't I wasn't happy with it. So, yeah, he painted uh, the bar and the wheels for me and the car was in pieces, not in pieces, but like I'd pulled it all apart, um, cleaning it for the first month or so anyway. So, you know, he took a little little bit of time getting to paint the paint the stuff and get it all back. But like I, I, I didn't care, man. I'd waited 20 years for the car. And if it took two months to clean it and get it right, that's what it takes. So, so what did you – two months to clean it. So what did you concentrate on then? Because, you know, like you're used to doing clients' cars. This is your own car, right? So you want to do it even yeah. – even to more, you know, more detail, right? So what do you had what do you mean take everything off? So you take the wheels off, you clean all the wheel arches, did you have to replace any parts or plastic parts or everything was okay? Yeah, so I, I took the um, lights lights out, bumpers off, all the plastic panels off underneath, um, tail lights out, whatever I could I could see could be removed easy enough. Yeah. Just pulled everything out. All the plastic liners under the wheel arches um, and that sort of thing, just to, to get in and give it like a, a good, good clean. I didn't want to speck of dirt under it or in it or whatnot. So, yeah, I, I just had it in the shed up on stands um, doing all that. And I've got, I've got a car hoist too. So after I'd done what I could in the in the shed, I drove it and put it on the hoist in the um on the car hoist and lifted it up and gave underneath a, a, a better hit because I could stand under it, you know, instead of yeah. climbing, rolling around on the floor in the shed. So so how was it, David? Um, was, it, was it pretty filthy under there when you started pulling it apart? It, it wasn't filthy, but it hadn't been done before, you know what I mean? So after 20 years, you get a bit of, fair bit of road grime and, you know, the leaves in the bumper, in the, yeah. in the grills and all that, cleaned all that out and, um, yeah, so, and then kind of assessed, all right, yeah, I, I need to get my wheels painted. I need to get the bar, front bar painted. And, um, I replaced like a, had a bit of a, made a bit of a list as I was going, you know, just a couple of clips, maybe one of the wheel arch splash guard things. Um, a couple of the little rubbers underneath, you know, them ones that sit in front of the rear wheels. Yeah. Them, little rubbers, just anything that was like, you know, because some of them plastics and that, they do crack over time and stuff, so, yeah. or go missing, you know, like little rubber thing fall out or whatever, so, yeah, just got it all nice and like how it should be. The wheels look, sorry, the wheels look fantastic on your car. Those roof wheels on the turbo, I mean, they look, they're just the right wheel for, for, the, for the 996 turbo, aren't they? Yeah, a lot of people comment on the wheels like when I first seen him I was like oh man like what's he done with these wheels what what color has he painted them it just looked looked like chrome bright like it looked just tacky and cheap color that he painted them so I'm like man that's the first thing to go but all that stuff worked in my favor you know because yeah. it kind of um it didn't look real desirable in the as it was advertised you know but i could yeah. see through see the forest through the trees and i'm like nah man this is going to come up wicked because the color you've got the roof wheels now that would be the factory color right that would be how the roof would sell them it looks like i mean i didn't realize you even painted them yeah, they look, they yeah. Look, that's the actual color right you would have matched it up and made sure it was exactly like how they how they come from in the factory yeah yeah that's right yeah 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 100 percent. so do you yeah, think in the back like of your 
Do you think in the back of your head you wouldn't mind a pair, of, a, a set of the original wheels though, the original turbo wheels? Yeah, I would like. Um, it would be nice to have, you know, just because the, they're eighteen inch. I think it would just ride a, a little bit nicer um, over some of the bumpy roads and whatnot. So it would be nice to have a set of factory wheels, turbo twist to go with it. Yeah. And sure. what about what about the tune that's on it? It says on your on your Instagram it's got a one bar tune by Auto Art. Is that do you like that tune? Yeah, so that was a shop in Melbourne, um, performance shop in Melbourne that done that, and yeah, I just I just wish it had like adjustable boost so I could just dial it down right a bit because I've only ever driven one other like a, a bog stock Carrera and. I kind of liken that to a 600cc road bike where you can actually get up it, yeah. listen to the exhaust, listen to the motor, and you're um, you're not doing crazy speeds. Yes. And you, you get to hear it through the rev range, but, like, you run out of road, like, a pretty quick with the turbo. The horizon <laughs> comes up pretty quick. And, um, yeah, it's pretty fast when it takes off. And I liken that to more of like um, a thousand cc road bike because it's the same oh. thing because that's all I used to ride and that's what I wanted to replace. You know right. what I mean? Because I couldn't go on flying around the streets on these R1s and that for the rest of your life. Like it's it's not good. Yeah. Um, um, so I was like, what car can replace this as well? So, and a lot of guys that ride road bikes have Porsches as well. So it's yeah, kind of do. like. Yeah. If you, if, you, if you couldn't have a road bike, you'd have a Porsche. So, yeah, that's yeah, how I ended up Yeah, and I think a lot of people, that. that's how you ended up with it. Yeah, and I think the bike thing, and I've, I've said this to previous owners, you know what I mean? Maybe you've heard it on previous owner stories, but people have air-cooled Porsches, you know what I mean? Well, it's not just air-cooled Porsches. It's like yeah. the, it's that feeling of, I mean, I've only ever driven a 250cc. I've got a, a bike license, but I only have a two, I had a 250cc and I learned and then I didn't buy another one, right? So... But I just remember that feeling on the bike, you know, when you're looking ahead and you're going through the corners. And it, it kind of feels sometimes when you're in a Porsche because the engine's at the back and, the, and it's just that, you know, that movement. You know, it's a very similar – I don't know. I kind of feel that it's a similar mm. sort of movement when you're in a, a rear-engined 911 as it is when you're on a motorcycle. Do you disagree? Yeah, very similar. <laughs> similar, right? Yeah, 100%, you know. And it was probably – like two week, weekends ago, I took my bike out for the first time in, in years. Like sometimes I just run it into town, put a bit of fuel in it and come home. But like I actually went on a on a ride that I'd been taking the Porsche on. Yeah. Um, and, man, I, I yeah, after not riding for a few years, I, I'd definitely be quicker in the, in the Porsche than on the bike for sure. But um, having that much more grip, now too in in the um in the Porsche like you can you know uh, how much contact patch do you have on a road bike not much you know you run over an ant and you might be on on your back sliding yeah, along yeah. the ground and I've been there half a dozen times and it's not real fun so it's it's pretty cool when you can jump in a car and you, the tires feel like they're two foot wide on the back like it's a you got a lot more confidence. Um, and it's it's a lot safer, man. You know. Yeah, much safer, much safer. What about the sound though? Because you're, you know, you've ridden bikes, road bikes. You know, you've got that sound when you're on a bike, right? What about the sound of the turbo? Does your car have a have an aftermarket exhaust, or does it have a stock exhaust? How's the sound of your of your turbo? Yeah, it's um, it's only got a stock exhaust, you know, and it is 
fairly quiet. It's not real loud, but I kind of like that, that you can, yeah, I don't, I don't want to attract attention and from the noise and things like that. You know what I mean? I like to fly under the radar a little bit. Um, so I noticed like when I got Macquarie Pass and that where I used to ride a lot too, and yeah. you've got the big rock walls beside you and you give it a hit and you can hear or hear the engine and the, and the turbos and everything working like it sounds mad. Yeah, the, sp- the, the spooling, the turbos on the 996 is crazy, isn't it? I know with Marco's car when I was following him the other week and you can hear it, you know, when it starts to spool up. I think he's got an aftermarket exhaust. He's got a 996.2 turbo. But it's yeah. just a – it's a the turbo has a great sound. It's such a unique sound, that 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 spooling mm. up, that that sound, isn't it? It's just um, – it must be great inside the cabin. Yeah, it sounds wicked, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm real happy with it and – you know, c- comparing the, the Carrera to the Turbo 2, like I was saying with the power, how you can actually get up get up the Carrera and uh, like naturally aspirated engine and you get to hear it and experience that, which is cool. But I noticed on the Turbo 2, like you, you don't have to really use much of the rev range at all. Like I just I drive it smooth and kind of quickly, but... Like, I don't have to rev it. You don't need to call on all that power, you know. So you're getting a nice momentum and you're only using a couple of thousand RPM and then changing gear and, yeah. Yeah, true, true. So what's, yeah. this, um, what's this image on your Instagram where I see you've got the, you've got the detailer, you've got the paint correction going on on um, Home Built by Jeff's Orange Harry, isn't it? Is that what he calls it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he just, um, after he had painted it oh, it's been painted a fair while i think um but yeah he was trying to buff it up and and um and whatnot and just needed a couple of uh pointers and a couple of tips so i spent the day down there with him and we gave it a um gave it another sand just wet rubbed it sanded it back i just showed him a couple of tricks with the wet sanding and that sort of thing um and then help help him buff a few panels up and sprue help him to spruce it up a bit just to get him, get him going. Like he, did. he was doing a good job. He just needed a couple of little pointers that would make it a lot easier for him. It's a nice looking um, 911, isn't it? He's done a good job on that. He's very, uh, very handy. I watch his videos all the time. He's very handy. That's for sure. Puts me all, puts a lot of us yeah, to shame. Yeah, it's unreal. It's making everything. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what about yeah. when you're detailing that though, David? You did, Say you're detailing, you know, Jeff's, orange, you know, um, 911, or you're detailing a newer 911, you know, a car that's had, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of listeners that, you know, they want to detail their car, but if you're detailing, say, a, a, a freshly painted, you know, old 911 compared to, say, a, a, an original painted 911 or even, a, a, even like a 997 or a 991, is there a lot of difference between what yeah. you have to watch out for when you're, when you're, when you're doing that in your technique? Generally, anything that, it's been painted that um, has been resprayed. The paint is a lot thicker, um, but the, the depends how it's been put on too. Some guys will get them pretty good straight off the gun, and you won't have to buff them up too much. And then, you know, maybe some paint jobs they'll have a lot of contamination in them um, from dirt and dust flying around the back paint booth. So you've got a lot of work there, Michael, chopping and sanding and carrying on. Um, and again, if you, you don't know who's painted it. If he's gone a bit thin, he's some of the edges of the doors and, you know, so you've got to kind of steer clear of the door edges and, and some certain curves and things like that because there's a chance that you could just 
sand through or buff through on an edge if he hasn't put enough paint on there and that sort of thing. That's why I don't like messing around with that sort of thing. If I don't know who's painted it and and whatnot, there is um, a local guy that builds Ford Escorts and I buff all his cars after he's painted them. But I get, I get on really good with him right. and I know how he paints them and, like, you know, we, yeah, we, 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 we work it out between us and, and it's all good. But, you know, just to get a car painted from some random guy in, yeah. from wherever and could have been two years ago or five years ago, like, because the guy doesn't know, he just bought the car and you're kind of walking in a bit, mm, yeah. Because I watch these videos on YouTube, you know, where people buy a new Porsche um, and I guess it's probably M-O-N-Y-C or whatever or one of those detailing channels on, on YouTube, right? But, you know, people buy a new yep. Porsche and they, and they have to get it detailed, like the imperfections on the paint straight from the factory. Are the newer Porsches, e- newer cars, are they easier to deal with, you think, from, you know, going back 20 years in the business? Do you find the newer paints easier or harder to deal with? Um, it could be, like, it, it depends. Like, you could get a, a brand-new car and it needs minimal minimal work, like just a light machine polish and it can get rid of some fine swells and scratches and sort of thing, you know. Um, But then, yeah, you you get others and maybe it's been sat in the car yard um, for the past four months. It's a brand new car, but it's been sat there four months and the the yard hand, um, the car wash guys had kind of minimal training and just doing the best with what he's got, probably doesn't realise that he's, doing more damage than good because he's using a, a wrong sponge or he's yeah. dropped it on the floor and he wasn't really didn't really care or whatever. So you can get a brand new car that is trashed, like the paintwork's thrashed and you, you do have to buff it fairly hard. But Right. There's there's something I saw on your Instagram actually I want to ask you about. Because I always I saw that you've got a is that your car bubble? Is that what you call it? That inflatable car Packaging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Is that worthwhile? Carcoon. Carcoon, is it? Yeah. What are they all about? I mean, are they worthwhile or not? Yeah, they're good. Well, I, I'm worried about the mice in the shed, like because basically the shed's in the middle of the bush and um, I, I always keep the roller door down and things like that, though. Um yeah, so you can get if mice go in, you know what they can do to wiring harnesses and things like that. Um, so that's good for that, um, and also the dirt and the dust. Even though I sweep the shed out and it's all nice and clean, it, you'd be surprised how much um, dirt and dust will just float on a car from it being sat there. You know. Yeah. Um, and I don't like car covers, like because I don't like anything touching the paintwork. Um, so there's that sort of thing, you know, and if if the kids are kind of riding their bikes around and they're doing laps of the shed and, you know, then you end up with a handlebar in your quarter panel, yeah, that'll be fun. So, yeah, I, I like to have it in there and so it's just protected. You can't scratch it. I think it makes sense, but that makes sense, though, if you have – if you have. I, I didn't even think about that because, you you know, I'll just tell the listeners, you live in Sydney, but you live in more of a – it's more open land. There's a lot of more space, right, because you're, you're sort of slightly outside of the city. Mm. Um, 
but that's always a problem with you know in other countries as well with the rats and stuff and people finding you know rat net rats nests and and everything and they they chew your wires and everything so it kind of makes sense to have that doesn't it if you're in a country or rural area to actually have the the carcoon yeah for sure yeah and just like i'm not you know how so many silly scratches can happen michael because uh you know someone hung their broom in the shed and then they bumped <laughs> the broom and then it fell off and hit the car like seriously that car got damaged like that and the, and you know and if i had to do paint work or whatever it's man i'd sell it and buy a new one like i'm really? not interested in having things painted mate yeah mate really? get out of here why you think that it's got to be original paint? So, so yeah, man. But apart from the bars, right? Apart from, apart from the front bumper and the rear bumper, that's okay. The bumpers are okay, right? You're not against bumpers because you've had yours done. It's yeah. just the any part yeah. of the part of the body. No. That, that's why they call them. Nah. Yeah, like the the doors and the quarters and that, because you know you end up you, to to do the quarter. Oh, we got to blend the door, or oh, we got to blend the door and the guard now. So we got to paint the whole side and. You yeah. know, then yeah, you can just you can just always tell, man. It's been it's it never matches up the same, um, and you can just always tell it's been painted, and that's all I'd ever look at. You know, even um, even with the really good guys in Sydney, even with the I'm not going to mention any names, but even with the good really good places in Sydney that that do a, a lot of the prestige cars, you still think you could see it. If you were going to detail a car, you can always tell if it's been blended, if it's been painted. Uh, it depends what color it is. Michael, like solid colours, you can match them and get them good, you know. Um, but, yeah, some of these metallics and pearls and stuff like that, I don't know. And I, I just know even if they'd done a mad job on it and it was like, man, he's done a top job and I, I can't pick it, I'd know it's been painted, <laughs> Yeah. you know. And then, yeah, I just don't like I don't like um, not original paint. So um, what else is planned? Are you going to add anything to your turbo? Are you going to, is there any, anything you've seen online or anything you've come across, any mods that you think, well, maybe I might want to add that? Or is it pretty much perfect how it is? Um, no, I think, like, I'm just I'm stoked to have it. And, um, yeah, I just appreciate the car so much and that I've got it. It's like, man, I've got my slice of cake. I don't need more, man. Like, I'm, I'm wrapped with it. I'm happy. I'm grateful that I've got that. So it's as it is, is me. Perfect. But are you, you must be happy that you decided on the turbo, right? I mean, I know you said you wanted the Carrera, but now you've got the turbo. You must be happy you went that direction, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'd still have it, like a, a 997 GT3 or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I, I am real happy with the turbo. But, yeah, I'd have an NA. I'd have a 997 GT3, which – and I had the chance to to have one, Michael. There was um, there's one that I'd been cleaning since 2014. Right. Um, uh, uh, white 997 GT3. Man, the thing is like three streets away from me. Three minutes, I'd be there. Right. Um, and he was, oh, I'm gonna sell it, you know, put it on the market, and I'm gonna get this. And I wasn't seriously looking at the time that he was selling that. But man, the price of the car. The price I could have got that car for, Michael, would make you sick, mate. Like, <laughs> really? When was it for sale? How yeah, long ago man. was it? Um, when was that? So. 2020? Nah, 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 nah. Nah, maybe 17, something 17. like that. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, you see yeah, the prices are actually, tipping now. You see the prices of nine nine the nine nine seven GT threes are tipping three hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he was like, "Oh, I paid X amount for it, man. I've had my fun. I'm happy to get um, X amount back." So yeah, and I'm going to put that towards a nine nine one. Um, but yeah, it would have been around 2017 because in September 2017, I'd done a nine nine the first nine nine six turbo I detailed for a fella that lives around the corner from um, home built by Jeff. Okay. And, and um, yeah, I, I detailed that thing and cleaned it up for him. And he um, he said, oh, "I'll take you for a spin." So I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." Because it was when, when I was doing that car too. I was like, "Man, you know what? I, I, could, I could probably." probably go one of these this is pretty cool you know yeah um and he he took me for a run in that and that thing's had the tits tuned off it right. so man yeah and he can drive like yeah he he's done racing and and circuit racing and whatnot before um and he took me for a run down um old south road i think it was right um in barrel and i'd been along there on my road bike and i know what pace I can do on my bike, man. And yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we, we had a pretty spirited <laughs> drive in that thing that afternoon. And I was like, yeah, you would have blown the mirrors off my G6R thousand coming down here. I don't know that much. Wow. Um, so yeah. That, so that could that, be a, that still could be a car on the horizon though, a GT3, 996 or 997. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, ni- the 996s are going to be yeah. crazy too, haven't they? I mean, I, I, I remember it was just a blink of an eye. They were only 150, and now they're 250, 260, 270. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. But, yeah, definitely that turbo, um, that, that was one that really made me think, you know. Um, but there was also a, 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 a blue 997 that I'd done uh, in Sydney. I don't right. usually – travel outside my area but you know a guy rang up and like he sounded cool and he had a 997 he wanted to get cleaned up so i was like yeah i don't mind driving nature you know to get to go up there to do that and it was in an underground car park there was no phone service um he just left me alone to do my thing for the day man and that car when i done that car i remember man i made love to that car when i was cleaning (laughs) um yeah and yeah, that's that's what made me think. Like, man, oh, I definitely got to look uh, in, into these. Like, yeah, because I was always looking at muscle cars and you know, Monaros and things like that. Yeah. But after that blue one, I was like, man, this is this is a sexy car, and I like these things. And it's just yeah. got the nine nine six turbo though, doesn't it, David? Just the detail of it. You know, the air the air ducts on the side, that the back bumper, the exhaust tips. You know, everything about it is just. There's just so many nice features, you know what I mean? Like, and that photo that you've just posted on Instagram, like, just the last photo you posted, the first one in the in the, in the on the farm in the green, you know that image. Yep. It's such a great photo. Yeah. Like a really like that that angle and and your car. I mean, anyone that's looking for you know, anyone that lives in in Sydney or whatever is looking for a detailer and they're looking at your Instagram, you can see how how well detailed your car is. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, you know, and the, sh- and the shot in your shed with the bike, with your Suzuki, um, Suzuki bike there. And, the, and your paint is yeah. just beautiful. The, the depth in your paint is just amazing. It's really, really cool. Good job. Yeah, yeah it, it, 
it come up nice. And, you know, there might be a couple of little things in that paintwork that I could buff a bit harder and go a bit harder on that. But when it comes to, like, this car's 20 years old, it's original paintwork, like, I can live with a couple of defects for the sacrifice of keeping my paint thickness. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you could go harder on it and, and get it even better, but I want to keep my paint thickness there, you know? Okay. And, and I'm, when I say, man, you're going up to it with a microscope, you know yeah. what I mean, Michael, looking at it. So there's there's getting them nice and getting them look good. Then yeah. there's just being silly, like, all right, man, relax. You're going too far. Like, you know. Yeah. So it's if what? It was so, is it like David? Sorry, David, for interrupting. It's like it's like what seventy five percent, eighty percent instead of going ninety nine percent. Is it? Is that what the, you do with the paint paint correcting? Was it? Is that what you're sort of thinking about yes. when you're doing it? Yeah. So yeah, you you, you get them really good, like ninety ninety percent, eighty five, ninety percent. Um, you know, you can you can go harder, but you know, to get that last ten percent, you know, it's not, not worth fair it. Fair enough. If it, no, if it's something different, like um, something that's been resprayed, like for Matt that I do the escorts for, and he's like, "Hey, Dave, this guy's real fussy, man. Just go mad on it." And you know, if if you go through a guard or if something happens, don't worry, bring it back. We'll paint it up. I mustn't have put enough. Paint in, in that area or on that curve or whatever, yeah. no worries, man. Then I right. know, okay, sweet, we're good to go. Let's go hard, man. So, yeah. So when, but when, you, when it comes to – Yes, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, when it comes to kind of preserving your original paint that, you know, that you don't want to respray again, man, don't go crazy. Get it looking mad. Get it looking good. But, yeah, don't go silly, silly, you know. So was it a difficult – I believe anyway. Before we get into your favourite drives, but was it a difficult – was it a difficult job, the paint correction on your 996? Was the paint in a bad way? Was it a difficult job or was it you just wanted to take time because it's your car, you want to take a little bit extra time? It, it was fairly swelled up, yeah. Like it, it, it hadn't been done in years, man. Like that thing, it hadn't been paint corrected or, or whatever in years by the look of it. You know, maybe, um, maybe the guy had been washing it with a dirty sponge or yeah. Washing it too much or whatever, but yeah, it definitely needed a, a good go over. Yeah, for sure. Did you take um, a before and after shot? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, got, got. Yeah, I do have photos of it, how it was and whatnot. But yeah, but yeah. No, so maintenance, maintenance wise now, because um, I know the listeners are interested in this. Maintenance wise now with your car, what is your routine when you go to wash it now? Do you foam it? Do you wash? How do you do it? Do you two bucket? How do you? What What is your basic routine now? You got your car in the in the carcoon in the car in the in the bubble, and you take it out and you want to give it a yeah. wash. What is your routine just for your car? Well, when when I pull it out of the bubble, like it doesn't need anything done because I've usually done it before it goes back in there, and I sweep the floor and wipe the floor of the the bubble out and put it back so it can be parked there for three months, and now I can pull it out tomorrow and it's like mint, like it doesn't have a speck on it. Wow. which is good, but, like, say, say like, like right now, I took that out yesterday, um, literally just into town and back. I just I, I took my girls for a bit of a spin, um, and I parked it back in the garage. I parked it back in the shed, and 
I'm not I'm not sure if I shut the roller door last night. Um, you know, I haven't mowed the grass or anything, but you know, there'll be a bit of there might just be a bit of dirt over the top of it. I'll probably just foam it up yep. and then gurney it down. It probably won't even need to be like hand washed sort of thing. But but if that has any kind of road grime on it, um, or say, you know, it had had a bit of a light sprinkle of rain when I was driving and, and that, and keeping yep. in mind, I've only gone down the street. Like I definitely do the two bucket wash after foaming it up. Um, and then I've got a, a couple of different mixes of foam. So I've got one that's a little bit stronger and then one that's a little bit more gentle. So I'll use a stronger one down the bottom half of the car, like from your knees down is where you pick up all the road grime and all yeah. the dirt and the muck. I might even give that a pre-spray with like a multi-purpose cleaner, okay. an all-purpose cleaner first at the bottom of the um, side skirts and, you know, the front of the bumper bar to soak the bugs a bit before I foam it up. Right. Um, yeah. Does your so the idea of the foam... Yep, sorry, go ahead. The, the idea of the foam is just to get it as clean as you can without physically touching the car, I believe, first. So you're getting as much contaminants and dirt off without wiping them off sort of right. thing. So then when you do go to wash it, like your car's 50% cleaner at least, you know, like, yeah. Has your car, um, are you a fan of ceramic coat? Does your car have ceramic coat? Are you a fan of um, paint protection film and those sort of things? What do you think of those two things before we before we uh, get to the end? Yeah, they're good for the right in the right for the right application. Like, say my my Holden, like it's not coated because it's a it's got no clear coat on the paintwork. It's just solid straight white, and right. I just go over it with a bit of um, a, a, a sealant after I've um, spray sealant after I've washed it, sort of thing. Like I could ceramic coat it, but it won't bond properly to the surface. It won't hold. Okay. Um, you know and. There, blokes will some blokes I guess might tell you hey different because they might want to do the job sort of thing and get the money more than do the right thing if you know what I mean yeah um but yeah the, I, I did coat the Porsche I can't remember what I used on it now because I got a couple of different coatings I think at first I just put like a um like a sem uh, a semi permanent coating over the top, like nothing flash, and then right. I wasn't happy with how slick it was. And I might have done that just because, of, yeah, but then I went over it with something a bit better. Um, but, yeah, it's good for the right application. And, like, I know yourself, you, I don't think you're a big fan of ceramic coatings, but then uh, is that right? Not that I'm not a fan. It's just the process to get there, isn't it? It's all the work that you have to do and the cost involved to get there. I mean, I don't really want to do it myself, but... To get the ceramic coat, you've got to yeah. do the paint. You've got to do the correction. You've got to, you know, and then once you've got the ceramic coat on, you've got to be more careful with what you wash it with, right? Yeah, and how you wash it and things like that, yeah. And, like, if you scratch your door, then, well, we've got to buff your door up um, and then recoat the door again, you know, because you buff through the coating. Oh, but, right. Um, I kind of say to people, like, I go, hey, like, do you enjoy – washing your car, like Sunday Arvo, now 4 o'clock, yep. beautiful blue sky, do you want to crack a beer open and you just you don't mind washing your car and drying it off and running yeah. a bit of wax over it? Like I enjoy that. I enjoy that, yeah. It can be um, 
it can be relaxing and like you're kind of thinking of nothing and you're just like admiring your car and yeah um like yeah if you're if you're if you're happy to do that then just keep doing that man save you 1500 bucks or two grand or whatever however much your coding's gonna be and put that in your pocket and just keep waxing your car it's fine that's sweet lives inside it lives indoors but the wax doesn't give you the same protection as the ceramic coat right it's not as no it's not as it's not as durable no so you know it'll break down diminish and wash away in in no time sort of thing um yeah it's definitely not as durable yeah um yeah but if you're happy to apply it, if you, you know, like I said, if you if you don't mind applying it and maybe even nearly enjoy doing it, then then just keep doing that. That's that's fine. I mean, you probably heard. I don't know whether you heard on the on the other episodes of the podcast. I mean, Steve, you know, did his GT3. He did his 997 GT3. He did the paint correction on it, and he did the ceramic coat, and he also did his yeah. wife's Macan Turbo S. You know, it took him a while to do it, but you know, he was he said it was reasonably easy to do. Um, but I think what I'm more concerned about is when you do this ceramic coat, David, is that when you have to wash your car, the washing process seems to take longer. For most people, when they wash their car after it's got a ceramic coat, it seems to take longer than just doing a two-bucket two wash method. You know what I mean? You've got to take more care. Is that correct? Yeah. You, you, you probably want to take a, a little bit more time and be a bit more careful and, and that sort of thing. And, and do all the correct processes it's going to take a kind of fine swirls or scratches back into that coating because you know you've just dropped a heap of money on it and it's a bit of a pain in the neck and a pain in the pocket if you've got to rectify things then you yeah. know but if you've just been if you've just been hitting the car with um a spray sealant or a wax um and you scratch the guard or whatever then yeah, no worries. We'll run a buff over it five minutes and it's fixed again. You yeah, keep waxing, yeah. keep going, and it's cost you next. You know, it's cost you nothing to do. Yeah, true. Um, true. So yeah, there's good, there's good, and there's good points to it, and there's kind of bad points to it. You know, and it just kind of works out. Yeah, that's and that's what I just say to people, mate. If you're happy to wax your car and happy to you know, you don't mind spending the time, it's always garage. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. David, we're about to finish. We're about to, we're almost at the end. Um, before we leave, we always like to talk about favourite drives. You sort of mentioned a couple of roads already, but favourite drives, if anyone's coming to Sydney or outside of Sydney and they want to take their 911 or they want to get a sports car or they want to go for a really spirited spirited drive on a, on a good road, where would you go around where you live or even further further away is okay or, or great roads you've taken your bike on that you want to take your 911? A good local run is up to Bagarang Valley um, at Natai. So, yeah, onto Bagarang Road and just don't turn, just keep going straight until you hit the water, uh, basically, you know what I mean, until you're up the top of the lookout there and you, once you're there, you're looking out over Lake Bagarang, which um, flows down to Warragamba Dam. It's okay. a nice twisty road up there. Yep. Yeah, that's a good run up there. And, like, I've always liked Kangaroo Valley and um, that sort of thing down. Um, uh, um, yeah, I like Kangaroo Valley. Michael, Kangaroo Valley. Um, the Pish, Rob, Robertson. Oh, uh, Robertson, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the road that goes up the back of Barrel there, right? Is that Kangaroo Valley, that sort of winding where you're winding up the road and going up the mountain a little bit? 
Is that Kangaroo Valley? I can never remember when you go down to the through the Royal National Park and you keep going and then you come back in, cut back in, and go back up to Barrel. I always thought that was a good road. I don't, I, know, got, I don't know what the name of it is. You've got you've got Macquarie Pass going up to the Pie Shop. Maybe that's it. Um, but then if you, yeah, you can at the top of Macquarie Pass before you hit this um, Pie Shop, you can turn. Right, and I think isn't that old South Road, and then that goes connects to the back of Barrel there. So I'm pretty sure that's where we went in um, Nathan's Turbo when. Ah, okay, that's a good road. That yeah, that's a good ride. road. Yeah, that yeah. would have been fun. That would have been really good fun. But have you taken your yeah, turbo? Have you? Sa- but have you taken your turbo to the max on that road yet? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> on old South Road, it's a pretty rough road, man. There in Is some it? places, but yeah, I've. I've given it a good – I've stretched its legs good and proper once and it, it goes every bit as good as a GSX-R1000. Um, That's good. But, yeah, you've got no wind noise and you can sit there and do it with the aircon going. <laughs> yeah. Hey, one thing we didn't mention, the, the interior of your car, Metropole, is that like a really dark blue or deep blue? It's blue, right? That's another thing in the ad, man. That was advertisers uh, Arctic Silver over black interior, and then I seen <laughs> the interior, and I'm like, yeah, dude, that's not um, that's not black, because um, I literally I'm looking at the build sheet here, um, Michael. It's got every every option that's listed and the yep. original price and record yep. um, and everything. What the original owner um, paid for everything. Have but you yeah, got the? It, have it you got the? Sorry, David, have you got the full original price of what the car costs, the original owner? Yeah, man. Um, so just quickly, it landed in Australia on the 13th to the 12th, double O. Um, its build date was the 10th of November, double O. So it came, what, two months after it was built. Yeah. Uh, landed in Brisbane, I think it was. And then options, we've got Metropole Blue Leather. Carbon interior pack, E77 carbon interior oh, okay. pack. Um, that was 4,200. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see it now uh, in the picture. Paint, mm. Leather console, 2,400, three-spoke carbon. What's three-spoke carbon? Carbon wheel. Steering wheel. Carbon steering wheel. Have you got a carbon steering wheel? Oh, yeah, that's what that would be. Oh, you yeah. do. 2,300 stainless steel seal. Carbon gear lever, eighteen hundred bucks for a car. This is what I mean. It's, it's well optioned, isn't it? They really did go to. They went to town on the options I list. Used to pay eighteen hundred bucks for cars, Michael. <laughs> now you're paying it for a gear knob. GSM telephone, electric sliding roof, and the soft look leather. Okay, yeah, which that's is nice. That. Yeah. And it's like I've noticed it's it's the like the ruffled leather. Do they call that supple, Michael? Is that supple? Is that what I they don't call know. it when it's like ruffled? Yeah, I think so. Instead instead of the perforated? Yeah. I like that leather in the turbo though. I like that ruffled leather, whatever it is, that soft leather they call it. It, it I like it. Do you like it? Yeah, I do. I do like that. Yeah. Um and yeah, the it definitely looks expensive when you see it in real life. The invoice total there back in 2000 for everything yes. with all them options was <laughs> Three hundred and thirty-one thousand nine hundred and twenty. So that's a lot. That's a that's a big that's a big purchase in two thousand. 
That's Australian dollars for all the international listeners that are listening. That's about one hundred and sixty thousand pounds, or it's about two hundred and two hundred and two hundred and twenty thousand US dollars. So that's a, that's a big that's a big purchase. That one, you've got a good one, David. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, that is nuts. Yeah, you've got a good one. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm wrapped with that man. And like I said, the first night I got it, and then parked it up in the shed, and turned back to look at it, and it's parked. Dead set in the centre of the shed with a roller door up. Yep. All the lights were off except the lights in the shed. And, man, I just seen that thing and I was like, holy shit, man. After <laughs> 20 years, all the bullshit I've been through and that thing is mine now. Just it made yep. it, like, worth it, man. It was, Hard work, it was mate. pretty Hard emotional. Work. Well done. Well and, done. Um, yeah, it is. I went back to the house um, – Went back to the house and said to my wife, hey, come and have a look. We just bought a Porsche. <laughs> so does your wife like it? Does your wife like it? Yeah. Does yeah. she drive stick? Yep. Does she drive manual? Um, yeah, yep, yep. Do yep. you let her drive it? Yep. <laughs> uh, she, she, hasn't, she hasn't driven it yet, but like when I take my mates for a run and that, like I always give them a, give them a go, like I pull over. Um, and I'll say, right, oh, jump in, man, have a go. And they're like, no, no, I don't want to drive that. <laughs> jump in, grab it by the balls and drive it. You know what I mean? It's there to enjoy. It is, David. But the thing is, don't you um, think, before you have a 911, right, before you have a Porsche or a 911, it's a bit scary to drive one, don't you think? Like it's always a bit – and you can see when your mates say that, it's like, do you want to drive? It's like, oh, you know, is it – but if you – it's it's so easy to drive. A 911 is really is – you know, you get used to it, but it's pretty easy to drive. What do all your bike mates think about it, though? I meant to ask you that before. Your mates that don't have Porsches or 911s and they just have road bikes and, and you know, what do they think of the of the 911? Yeah, you can kind of see the uh, coloration. Like, yeah. Yeah, bike to, all right, I've got kids now, man. I can't keep flying around on these things. Let's, um, let's get a bit of safety. Let's go as fast but with a bit more safety, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, you really need a 911. I'm put a price on safety, Michael, and if you got it, that's that's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, we're at the end. Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before we go? Um, no, I think that's about it, man. No, um, yeah, just like yeah, I've been like, thanks for your help, Michael. With um, you know, when I when I started looking at 911s, and I asked you a couple of questions there, and I started. Um, watching your, your YouTube channel because I went through all the videos. Like while, while I'm at work, I got my um, earpods in and yeah. I just listened. I was listening to all the YouTube videos. Um, so that was definitely a help. Um, I didn't find the owner stories until kind of later on because I stopped. I just like got my car, then I stopped following all the Porsche stuff for a bit and then I kind of got back into it. That's when I found the owner stories. Right. Um, and, and, yeah, the um, – me mate Nathan uh, in Barrel there helped us out a lot. Like he he started off as a customer and you know took me for a spin in this thing, and now we're good mates. And I probably bothered him with a hundred text messages about <laughs> buying one and all questions and stuff. So yeah, and uh, he was a big help. And yeah, he he was the first first to know about it when I got it. I sent him a video of it on the back of the on the back of the car trailer there, and he was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" Then the phone blew up. He, he gave us a call, but yeah, yeah, it's um, that's that was a big help, yeah. 
Fantastic. You've done well, David, that's for sure. I'm glad I could help a little bit along the way, but you've done well. And I mean, it's, you know, it's a great story. You worked hard. You've got your first 9-11. I mean, it's, and it's such a unique one. You know what I mean? Meridian, Metropole leather. It's got the roof wheels. It's got the wing. It's got the, you know, the tune. Fantastic. David, thanks so much for being on Owner Stories, mate. Really, really appreciate it. No worries, Michael. Good to talk to you, mate. All good. Good to talk to you as well. All right, everyone. Um, Thank you, David. And thanks, guys, for listening to Own uh, uh, Porsche School Podcast today. That's David coming in from, uh, let's call it Sydney, Sydney in Australia, in New South Wales in Australia, with his 2001 996 Turbo Meridian over Metropole, roof wheels, roof wing. It's got a tune. David's a detailer, so, you know, if you need a detailer in Sydney and, you you know, you're looking for someone to look after your car, I'm sure you can just give him a DM, David, through your through your Instagram, roof996turbo, or you have a Facebook page. Yeah, I've got my Facebook page there, yeah, or Instagram, man. Like, yeah, just reach out and you'll find me and we'll sort it out. No worries. All right. Thanks, David. All right, everyone. Um, thanks for listening to the Porsche School Podcast. Bye for now.